When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the Real Lives Untold podcast with myself, Sarah O'Connor. And myself, Trina O'Connor. We're focusing on all things crime and human interest, creating a space for people to tell their stories, the raw, unedited version. The higher you go in, yeah. in crime and criminal organisations, the more untouchable essentially you are because you're not physically touching any drugs, you're not, you know, you have people to do your dirty work yeah. for you. You're just taking all the money in and you're also sort of, you know, involved in the legitimate economy as well. Sarah, I know. We can't we're, believe it. I know. How exciting. <laughs> we're joined by With the red carpet and, and everything. Uh, podcast royalty. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've got the donuts out. <laughs> yeah, listen. The good we biscuits don't do that for everybody. The good biscuits we don't do. So today. today we have Nicola Talent and Niall Donald. Thank you ever so much for coming into our studio. It's not as impressive as yours, but well, you are very, very kind. <laughs> How do you feel at the other side of Weird. the coin? Yeah, it, is, it is a bit intimidating. It's a little bit oh, the first time you've done it together. You've it done is, podcasts yeah. probably, but not together. Well, I actually interviewed yeah. her yesterday. We swapped seats and I interviewed yeah. Nicola about her new book. For the pod? Oh, yeah, for the pod. You didn't prepare you at all. No. So so guys, I suppose from our perspective, I mean look, we look up to your podcast. Obviously, um what you do is brilliant. We've been following your careers. But a lot of our listeners may not know much about you. Yeah. So I wonder, would you mind maybe both of you and Torn telling us a little bit about you? Um, how you got into the career you're in and um, uh, how that journey happened because a lot of people would want to emulate your careers, you know. So, which one, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, which one of you would like to go first? Well, I stumbled into it. Okay, now. yeah. I mean, I, I was uh, one of the world's worst computer programmers for about two years. <laughs> All right. Um, I did a science degree, oh. drifted through, uh, became a computer programmer for till I was about 28. And then I lost my job in oh. in, a, in the crash. Yeah, yeah. And I was living with a friend of mine, and he said, uh, "The Sunday Times are looking for somebody to do an article on property." And I put my hand up, and that's oh, how that I ended up it. in journalism. So random! It just landed so on your lap. Random. Meant to be. Do you believe in all that? N- absolutely not. No, I, could, I mean, I absolutely stumbled into it. And yeah. I probably had I had my first job in journalism. Uh, when I was 30 years old. Wow. Which so is late, really, isn't really, it? Really, yeah. really late. Yeah. I mean, most people have already been fired from journalism <laughs> by the age of 30. Or burnt out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I totally stumbled into it. And I'd say I started working for the Sunday Mirror and I'd never 
read a tabloid newspaper in my life. Wow. I didn't oh. even read the news section in the Irish Times. I just read the, the world Thankfully news. my story's different. Right? Interesting. <laughs> and that's, that's how I ended up And there. how did you yeah. end up in crime then now? Just because uh, I was working in tabloid newspapers and uh-huh. somebody said to me, you're either writing about crime or showbiz. Yes. yes. Or sport. And crime, showbiz yeah. or sport. And I don't know nothing about Showbiz. Uh, showbiz. Yeah. So yeah. that's the way yeah. it is. And yeah. it is kind of like that, isn't it? And the appetite it for yeah. it is just massive. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And growing, yeah. like. But I did have, once I started doing it, I did find I had a huge interest. And, yeah. and you know, the, the the stories of the people are brilliant, you mm. know. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a really dynamic part of journalism, yeah. you know. It, it yeah. suits a kind of. It's high adrenaline, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Can you remember any of the stories? into the podcast. Of and then we'll we'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. I wouldn't say there's any stumbling uh, there now. Well, <laughs> well a, bit, a bit stumbly, you know. Yeah. And so can you remember any of the stories you covered, you know, in the beginning that might have stood well, out we for you? we actually just talked about one of the first ever stories um, that, because Nicholas, obviously, we're talking about Nicholas' new book, Cocaine Cowboys, yes. and it features an, uh, an Irish guy. And I remember one of the first stories I ever did was go down to the births, marriages and deaths office to pull his birth cert to find out where he was born. And I was lucky to, to work in a Sunday newspaper like the Sunday Mirror at the time where you actually did have to do the basics of journalism that are kind of dying off in the digital yeah. era, which is go down, find forms in government mm. offices that you're entitled mm-hmm. to, mm. call to doors and go out and meet people. And some of that, I do look at younger journalists coming in and saying mm. they don't, <clears throat> they didn't get what what we got at the time, which was all of those kind of really basic bits of of just what makes journalism function really. Uh, you know? All yeah. that grunt work, kind yeah, of yeah. grunt work. You, you, you get your networks, you learn how to d- to deal with exactly. people and going to, yeah. going to courts, yeah. going to council meetings, and, yeah, yeah, doing it. And like, we've all done that. Yeah. And then how does it differ to now? Then, well, I think like I'm obviously. Uh, working for the Sunday World, doing a lot on the website. And just a lot of it is, um, you know, people do stuff by email mm-hmm. instead of phone. Younger journalists. Yeah, they don't know. like phone calls? No, they don't like Texas. phone calls. No. Texas, yeah. voice notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And don't like calling in. And, and in fairness to them, just, you get some really, really smart people. Yeah. But they have to produce 10 articles a day or whatever yeah. it is. Mm, yeah, very, very to, They don't have time to go to the birthday They don't have time. Anymore, so you it's know not a mean? case of a daily deadline. No, no, it's, it's a deadline. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Exactly. all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's, just, yeah. it's just changed. But I was lucky to get in while, yeah. while that was still going on. Yeah. And you really learned that working for mm. Sunday tabloids, you know. Mm. And, and we'll come back and ask you about some of your uh, stories. And then Nicola... Did you stumble into it or was it always you wanted to be an investigative journalist? Yeah, I definitely didn't stumble. I did want to be a journalist anyway. I didn't really know what source, but I wanted to be a journalist. So I did journalism after I left school two years in Rat Mines, which Mm. was the only course in the country at the time. It was really hard to get into, Nicola. It was hard to get into, but it was so practical. And they used to give us sort of work experience in the summer of the first year. And then they had to stop doing that because everyone got jobs. Yeah. Right. And no one came yeah. back to do second year. But um, yeah, and then in second year, when you finished that course, they were queuing up to employ mm-hmm. us. I mean, when you think about that, wow, you're offered a job. Yeah. You to- yeah. you chose which job you wanted, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I took a local paper and then I was sort of started working for the Nationals and blah, blah, blah. And then it just, I don't know, something happened in the 90s that I just started becoming drawn to. It was probably Tango 1. It was probably Tango 1 when you yeah, went that. down. There was that a lot was of huge. that. There was, that was 94, I think. Yeah. There was uh, Cahill. There was, yeah. It was in the ether. And then, of course, in 96, when right. Veronica Geer yeah. was killed yeah. and the Gilligan gang were brought back. Yeah. By the time they were being brought back to the Special Criminal Court, 
I was working as the general reporter on the Daily Mirror at the time. And I think we had two journalists. So you got to do the wow. big story of the day. And that's really where I Got the so you covered that trial then? Covered the those, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Veronica was, as you know, a family friend of mine and actually babysat me at one stage. Um, and I wonder how your family felt about you. Um, not saying it's an easier job for no. a male, but as a yeah. female, my family sometimes worry about me with the work I do. How did mm-hmm. your family feel about Because that was, at that time, that gang, yeah. really, like if they were going to murder Veronica... Then nobody really was safe. How did know, they feel? Because like, I was young and I was only <laughs> going I, home. like I was only in my twenties, so mm, I yeah. I don't know how mm. anyone felt about it. Mm. I just enjoyed it, <laughs> loved it. You never checked of, in with anyone. We didn't <laughs> think about it. Then you just go for it. Exactly. If you get the story, you're going to say yes. Yeah, you were driven. Yeah. And then also, well, like, yes it's a job. And like it. anything, yeah. you get used to that sort of thing. You don't yeah. think Jeopardy. it's abnormal to be doing that job. Mm. You don't think kind of wider than. Yeah, people sometimes always say, are you not worried scared. about it? Are you scared or stuff? And you kind of go, no, it's my job. Yeah. Like, it's mm. the same way as somebody... It's autopilot almost, isn't Exactly. It? I'm sure somebody working in the ambulance service going out to these accidents, people go, how yeah. do you do it? And they go, well, mm. That's it's it. just what I do. Yeah. It's yeah. my yeah. job. Yeah. 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 And so. then in terms of safeguarding, when, when it would have got a bit dicey, yeah. you know, how was that for you? Yeah, well, they, look, whenever it gets dicey, it's hell, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I don't know whether yeah, any of the rest of you have yeah. Just yeah. In, encountered any of that, but it is hell-ish because mm. you obviously want to keep it away from your family yeah. mm-hmm. and you have to try and compartmentalise mm-hmm. it. You don't want people talking about it. I did get a threat in around 2016 after the Regency Hotel and it was a nightmare. It's incredible. Yeah. But look, it was, and it they you know, they abate. abate. Mm. They do, and you kind of just get on with things and it was a very t- it was a time that there was a lot of people I mean yeah. I, there was hundreds of people getting yeah. threats everybody I yeah. suppose man was getting threatened yeah it was just, it was just such so a volatile time. such a volatile yeah. time yeah but yeah. it sort of abates but I mean it is definitely and like loads of cops I know have had threats and mm. loads of people mm. working in all sorts of areas of mm. the law and that have been threatened and it's horrible when it's happening mm. but you just have to kind of hold your nerve and yeah. Hope and you passes. and I met around that time because mm. I was walking in the inner city where yeah. all that was happening. My family were very concerned about me. And there was times when I had to close the centre for yeah. the young people for some of the funerals because of yeah. the, the police would have, the Angarda Shirkana would have said to me, Trina, it's not safe. And um, so, we, yeah, that, that kind of piece of it is the piece that we kind of have to rise above in order to, you know, do well, the job. It, it, yeah. And you, t- you, you, you carry out the necessary safe checks yeah. you know you're but not the going other to thing is like walk I into always something. kind of look at it like if a journalist in this country gets any sort of a credible threat you have police yeah. politicians yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you have huge. your big employers yeah all on top of it it's not like a normal person in the community getting yeah. a threat yeah normal people have to deal with this stuff every single yes. day mm-hmm. without the kind of safeguards yeah. and the help mm-hmm. that we would have I so mean, criminals don't want that heat anymore no basically no, no. but they it's don't. great that new stalking laws come out only yeah. the other day which is brilliant i mean because that can be used one threat i got was um i won't i came into into the office on on a Tuesday morning, and I got an email saying I'm going to hunt you down and behead you oh, from geez. this oh. guy, right? Oh. And from uh, a guy that did you? From a guy, was it clear who it was from, or was well, it anonymous? his name was on it, like so yeah. oh. he, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't a criminal mastermind, oh and he said, How said long "What was this guy? Oh, this is a few years ago, right? Okay, um, and he, he wrote lots um, of love, regards." <laughs> 
what you've written about my family is disgrace and I'm going to hunt you, de- hunt you down and behead you right. and find your family Jesus. really bad like mm-hmm. and I open up the papers I didn't write anything about this guy <laughs> at all and I don't know if you've ever been in newspaper probably happened in TV as well somebody put the, my byline on the <laughs> oh, story no. I had written by accident oh right. my god <sighs> but um, how did you handle it now well, it's just... Did you write uh, back, Sally, no, no, not I my be, story? Because he mentioned family yes. and beheading, yeah. you know, and, like, which I would encourage all journalists to do in those situations. I went and made a statement. Good. Uh, and he okay. actually got convicted and got a oh. suspended ah, sentence, went okay. to court. And you never wrote the story. But I never and wrote the story at all. Like right. <laughs> all the Glenn. stories I have written, I never got it. Yeah. So, but, you know, that's, that's an example of the type of threats mm. that yeah. journalists get. Mm. Like that and guy... journalists getting threats from... Prison, as yes, well. yes, you know? yeah, yeah. but a lot of them are are, are not. You know, it's bluster. Yeah, and and, and there's an also I think a lot of mental health. Yes. you know, going on, yeah. and you know, there's a bit of that, and they yeah. project. Yeah, and there's some of them come in on an email exactly with the name yeah. on it, and you go, "This cannot possibly be this guy's actual identity," yeah. and then you realise, "Oh my god, it is," and he's put his name to this. You know, yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, that, so you that's get a, a type of threat, to, isn't it? It's yeah. not but, to be but, taken. Yeah. As but when you go to a scene, for example, yeah. Nylon, because you're and and I mean, I know I'm being mm. very gender here, but I think sometimes when the men go to a scene, sometimes it can be a bit more combative because they're more inclined to go at the male journalists. Have you had situations like that? Um, I've had. I remember being in court with. Uh, you know, a sort of senior killing cartel guy yeah. and he just, he sat in court and just stared, mm. didn't, didn't yeah. look at the judge mm. and just stared yeah. at me. Um, but mostly... And how did you feel? Well, I mean... Are like, you unnerved? Like? Not, not madly, like I wouldn't be madly unnerved. But aware. Yeah, yeah. you know, but I think that... Um, you know, you have a few fisticuffs as well. I've, I've, well, oh, I've been, I've oh been, spill the beans. Come on. Who's warning us? You should have seen the other fella. I Tell think, us. Well, uh, you should have seen the other woman. I mean, <laughs> 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 I mean the, only, the only full on punch to the face I've got was from a woman? Was from the mother of a of a notorious hitman, right? So who I called oh, it's to in the, the cat is in the kitchen. <laughs> eh? Okay, yeah. I called to the door and asked them. Um, you know, if you have any comment, your son just being convicted of murder. It's anything your family want to say? Give another side to him, like he loved he loved dogs or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And I just um, his his nephew answered the door, and I just heard, "I'm gonna effing kill him." And the mother. Straight out. out, yeah, yeah. And just the dumb and the no face. notice. Yeah. That was it. No, she hit him with a with a uh, basketball she... first of all, <laughs> and the whole thing is on camera yeah. because the photographer stood there yeah. as they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to get this is great for the archives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got out to the to the to the garden and she obviously thought then, what am I going to do now? Yeah, she just picked up a football and threw it at me, and then followed up with a couple of punches. And that I was just those death knocks. Yeah, you know, I think that's what they, you call yeah. them. You call them yeah, like I wouldn't have had to do that no, very yeah. much, no. but you guys, like that, yeah. that's not difficult. In years. Not in recent years, yeah. but that would have been Back in the really day, yeah. a staple, yeah. it, wouldn't it, it? And it kind of still is. I suppose it's different now with social media. So yeah, so even in the last month, I would have spoken to three or four families that have lost loved ones in tragic situations yeah. and you interact with them on social media mm. and a couple of them want to say something do you know yeah so there is that that families on some occasions do want to be approached but um, now you can approach them in a different way you can approach them in yeah. a more yeah, sensitive way yeah. yeah now there's yeah. still you know 
there's still people who will listen to this and say they've been approached by journalists as being deeply traumatic and you have to mm. accept that, yeah. that, mm. that you know but there are it's I suppose it's a funny thing in journalism um, some people do want to speak and yeah. you know even say there's the trial going on in in um, in America now Molly Martins yes. and stuff yeah. like mm. that so those, those family I presume will be approached yeah. uh, Jason Corbett's family yeah. and they may want to speak they mm. may want to get out another side to what they're hearing in court because it can be healing for them it can yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean it. you have to kind of reach out and I suppose it is you know back in the day there were horror stories of people knocking on doors yeah. and somebody had been killed in yeah, an accident and sense. all this yeah. sort of stuff yeah. but it was always kind of something I don't think I know a single journalist that liked doing those yeah. knocks on the door. No. And that's the point. And you sort of, I think, horrendous. horrendous. Yeah. And I think you kind of always, you, as you kind of got on a bit, you realised you used a mediator, you used yeah. somebody approached. Yeah. That's the experience. Yeah. Yeah. It is experience. Yeah. Yeah. Send them and a message. I think, one of the, yeah. I think one of the ones that I noticed recently with you, Nicola, it wasn't a knock at the door, but it was on the news, was when Mr... Mr. Monk came out the yeah. the court <laughs> and you were kind of there. And then his bodyguard showed up and I think everybody's seen them images. But so what happened you. before that? Tell us, what we, tell yeah. us. you did tell have us a chat happened. with him, didn't you? You were inside as I a foyer ch- I, I yeah. did, I had a chat with the monk, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure he was as blown away, I think, I as, think as we all were. Yeah, yeah he with got, the result. He, he, did he, he expect to be walking out? Well, because a lot of the time they can be sent back to be processed to whatever mm, prison they've yeah, been in, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but it, it yeah. was just it was crazy, mind blowing. Yeah. So he certainly would have said that it was the right decision the court made. He, he said he, that to he, you on he the way. Very in. much, you know. He he sort of said he there wasn't enough evidence to yeah. convict him. He was going to say that, but I would think from looking at him, and he was like. Get, I've I've beaten this system. Mm. Yeah. Do you know? Mm. Very few mm. of them walk out of the special criminal court. Yeah. But the evidence simply wasn't mm. there. Yeah. I mean, that was, so it was a lack of evidence. And you, yeah. you guys were there for every yeah. single day. Yeah. Well, you? most of the days we were there. Was how long did it go on for? It went on. It felt like it went well, on forever. It broke, didn't it, for yes. a while. Yeah. yeah it was so Christmas in between. It I'm went so on for immersed in it. Yeah. And then, yeah. But it was good. It was really interesting. Oh and of course, then it was the first time we were kind of bringing the podcast every night and yes, so quickly because like, right. we were doing the podcast it was a little bit more controlled up to that point that you'd well, have you were processing it really processing yourselves. it and getting yeah. it out yeah. that night you know and you don't have to, to be so perfectionist people just want yes, to hear yeah. what happened they do you know they in do. that scenario they want an impression fantastic. which was great because it was the yeah. special criminal court yeah. so you don't have to be so careful because there's a jury yeah. so they yes, want yes. The, it helps. a feeling yeah. of what they were like yeah. and the yeah. Jonathan Dowdle, like he was incredible to see him on the stand. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't a spectacle. And I think in podcasts as well, you're able to be irreverent. I mean, if you were doing yes. a report for radio or television, it has to be so, you know, yeah. clipped. And, mm. you know, mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. you don't have time to say, what did you think of him? Or what did you <laughs> yeah, think? There's no colour, really. No yeah. colour. So we were able to do that. And it was a really interesting sort of, I mean, the podcast, the figures went through yes. the roof yeah. for yeah. the thing. Yeah. And the feedback was very good. Like everybody yeah. was, Oh yeah, you know, it was excellent. Just I enjoying it and yeah. sort of yeah. so that kind of just took it on the road and took it to a new level and then we didn't lose those listeners afterwards yeah. they they came they on board and stayed Brilliant. yeah you yeah. know to hear yeah. the other stuff but so it had been much more controlled up to that it was in a mm. studio yeah. you had a couple of days to edit maybe the interviews you mm. know you knew what you were going to be talking about 
Um, it's so great that just... you could improvise, get yeah. into the car and do that. Yeah. 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 And so tell us, you well, met the monk at the end of the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell us. Was it downstairs? Nice I'm just we picturing had, we it now. a private conversation later. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nicola. <laughs> tell, tell the truth and shame the devil. He Go said, on. we were talking about, I just sort of said to him, what are you going to do? He was actually waiting. They had He'd phoned a taxi, right? So he was waiting to go out and he could see this sort of sea of oh cameras God, yeah. as that image, you know, as you're coming out the doors. Mm. And I said to him, well, are you going to go out? And he said, yeah, I'm walking out those front doors. Mm. And yeah. he said he was going. He was quite taken aback. He was quite shocked by just the whole mm. situation. But confident at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, he has that that double yeah. Yeah. side to him. So he marched out and I sort of was half walking with him. And then you at were, the door yeah. I went, oh, I better not. <laughs> 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 and the entrances were kind of a company. It's like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're coming out yeah. together. So I had to kind of shimmy off to the side and then it just all hell broke loose and um, everybody was videoing him. There was some, this guy Long had kind that of... That guy turned up. This guy yeah. turned up. The, the, that you had spoken to, wasn't that? During the trial. Lunchtime. That was yeah. so funny. Was, on the same day, was on it? On the same day. It was at lunchtime that day and we were just sitting outside the court and he'd started, you know, I heard this, how are you, Nicola? That's Which so I always go, funny. who is this? <laughs> this is going to go either way. And they just said hello to him and then he started chatting. The poor guy, he was, you know, he was there. He, he wasn't really clear exactly he just said he was here like everybody else to see justice being served <laughs> essentially but um he told us who he was and it turned out he was exactly who he was he was a, a fellow who had a, quite a promising sporting career at one mm, point wow. actually That's why tragic. and had started taking heroin i think after yeah. he was shot yeah, yeah. and oh he'd God. had a tragic tragic yeah. life i mean he's to- spoke to us about other things that we never said in public no. that were private but he's had a really tragic life yeah but he was one of those characters that you can only find in Dublin yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and in the just middle of a steps. situation like that. Oh my God, and of course, yeah. and the monk himself. came out. And, and I his thought taxi he was kind driver, of a decoy who's planted, he, but no. And everyone was like, who's your man? And the monk came out and his taxi driver had told him I'm outside and <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> and then he had just walking up <laughs> and down the street. Going, and I'll where are you? I was such footage. I just was gobsmacked. And your man was like, leave Gerald alone. Oh my God. Get back and on the and there was a very posh reporter there from BBC, Sky or, Sky or the BBC or something. Mr. Hutch, what have you to say Mr. about this? Oh, that and of so course, funny. our boy uh, yeah, was in yeah. fuck. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Can you can imagine go. it going on the BBC like brilliant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. no, only Dublin. It has its characters, doesn't it? it I mean, does. as yeah. you well know, yeah. like. And yeah. you know yourself yeah. from yeah. the yeah, courts. Absolutely. I mean, oh my, my God, the courts. Oh, listen, when you're we when you'd have to do a live outside the court for half twelve, <laughs> oh. the amount that would people that. And in fairness to them, they never touched me. Yeah, no. and they never would they threaten. There'd be a bit of bluster, but it'd be mostly they wanted to get on the telly. Yeah. Lots I mean, of there characters. Is a bit of a funny relationship because some of these guys do also want to be in the media. Like you have yeah. to yeah. understand yeah. that as yeah. well. Yeah. Even as they're giving out, don't take my picture and all yeah. this. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of them get yeah. my good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually people just want to have a little chat with you about something. They do. Or other, you know that they do. You know they'll emerge from the doorways and talk yeah. the street to talk to me. But oh, like no, you know they yeah. might be roaring and shouting when you stop and you go yeah yeah. It's something like uh, their a story life about story such and such. Or, incredible. Yeah. 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 Has, has there ever been a victim of of crime or indeed a, a criminal that has kind of found a, a place in your heart? I know Nicola, you wrote a book. And it was made into a podcast um, of Young Joey. Yes. Um, do, like the award-winning podcast. Yeah. One of the best I've listened to, by the yeah. way. Um, 
Maybe you could talk a little bit about Joey and how you met him and how that book came about. Yeah, so I met him around 2012 and he was like last chance saloon yeah. as usual. Uh, people usually come to journalists when they've tried every other mm. yeah. manner of getting mm. justice. You know, when they've tried to talk to the police, the politicians, mm. nobody's listening. So they end up like, oh, with the journalists. But uh, I was doing a lot of work around witness protection. Of course, he'd been in witness protection and he had just come back to Ireland, had been spotted on the keys and had been beaten up. Yeah. And he was really at a low ebb. And uh, that's how we met. And we just have kept talking yeah. and writing and podcasting and yeah. everything ever since. And yeah. wow. the witness is actually currently being developed into another medium Brilliant. again, you know, and, oh, you know, very, very strong story yeah. that Joey owns and tells mm. himself. I mean, mm. I've really only just helped him to translate it into Well, you give him a, a platform where yeah. a lot of people wouldn't nickly, <coughs> you know, credit where credit's due. Like He's great, like Joey. Um you know, sometimes when you're dealing with victims of crime, and I would see Joey as a victim rather he, than as a criminal. He has a dual status, doesn't he? Yes. Really? Yeah. But I think sometimes victims of crime, as a journalist, you will do an interview or something bigger with them or whatever. And you put it out there. You can't promise them anything. But you've always, you'll always say along the way, look, we'll do this and we'll see. And then, of course, maybe nothing happens. Mm. The interview goes out and nothing happens. Yeah. And sometimes then they keep coming back and back and back and you've moved on. It's just the nature mm. of the job to the mm. next story. Yeah. And I always feel really bad for people like that. And I think sometimes there are certain victims in particular with a lot of the sexual abuse stuff and they kind of want something from you that you don't have to give. Yeah, you can't, you You're can't not do trained you can't or qualified yeah. in any more other than writing yeah. a story. And that can be difficult. Joey was always somebody that he'd text me have you two minutes and until I had the two minutes he'd never ring he never yeah. was somebody that sort of you know um, interfered with my private life or anything like that mm -hmm. and not that complaining about victims doing that but yeah. just sometimes you don't have more to give them or you they think them. you have more influence they think than you have exactly, <laughs> exactly. Know, they can you be disappointed yeah. connections that I, th I think People or that think, you can fix things, yeah. you know. Or yeah. that, that if somebody speaks and an article appears that the case is maybe reinvestigated and it doesn't necessarily no. work like that. No. Um, so people, people, there was a guy who used to phone the newspapers every week, uh, every, nearly every Saturday for maybe 20 years, um, yeah. son had been killed in a violent attack. And he phoned up nearly every week, really, really nice man, trying to get a story in about his son's yeah. killers. And, you know, he's very pleasant and all, um, but that became his life. And it's it's really difficult. Who's to say, yeah. you know, he shouldn't have done that mm. or that he's wrong to do that? I wouldn't mm. say that. But mm. then again, you but, know. But for him to process his grief, that's what he needed. That's to what do. he did. But, you know, and it, but maybe it's kept him there, I suppose, yeah. as well. So yeah. it's a difficult balance, I think, to strike. Mm. And in terms of the, yeah. the people you've uh, done stories on, Nile, is there anyone like Joey... Um, from the Witness podcast and book, it does a book as well. The Witness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there anyone like that for you that's kind of got a place in your heart or that you've got a connection with? There's, I have a couple of guys that I talk to that I won't mention them by of name course, yeah. that I've spoke to for nearly every week for well over a decade at this stage. They were sources of stories, and um, there's one of them in particular. Um, he does have a place in my heart because he was involved in gangland and at some point at a sort of low to middle level um but i just see the the how active addiction mm -hmm. has has played yeah. you know mm -hmm. a role in yeah. his life um 
And, you know, it would have been easy for me maybe at one stage to, to, to judge maybe yeah. his actions, but you can see the illness has a grip of him yeah. and yeah. how the impact that has had in his life. Mm. And, you know, and it's sad. And the decisions sad. he's made because and, of his yeah, and addiction. How it, exactly. And it's impacted every single moment of his mm. life then. Mm. And, you know, it gives you a different perspective on, on, on even organised crime yeah. because addiction plays such a role in people's lives and this guy's intentions are so good mm. yeah. to move on mm. and he keeps slipping back. Addiction and disadvantage, yeah. yeah. But you Addiction know, even in organised crime, like even kind of even in the upper echelons, mm. you find characters you like. Yeah, Some of them are very charismatic. But yeah. every personality in the same way as in ordinary life is represented yeah. in yeah. the underworld. Every yeah. type of personality. Yeah. Some people do yeah. have morals, mm. actually. Yeah, they're there like a for microcosm, yeah. yeah. But, but your new show, Nicola, <coughs> is called uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Yeah. So that's going to bring people a naturally of organised yeah. crime gangs. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And that's so from the book. Is it that's from the book. book well, yeah. Cocaine Cowboys. Yeah. And um, so it is, I think you asked me like about the, did you? Or maybe I just answered you. Maybe you didn't <laughs> that even could be answer. Yeah, that you were, would be you were interviewing yeah. each other last <laughs> That would be difficult. She pre <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I said to you, shall we say, that the book yeah. was um, almost, you know, written in a period of time but it's probably the experience of 25 30 years yeah. working in it so it's all come together and it is the growth of cocaine and the types of people who sort of saw and and decided they were going to have a go yeah. at uh joining the gold rush yeah. which mm-hmm. it was the cocaine um, rush yeah literally yeah. and um yeah i suppose how ireland embraced it as a as a consumer as well why we did that and how we've punched above our weight on the international <laughs> stage. When it comes yeah. to criminality, we really yeah. do. Talking about that, in terms of the, the Kinnahans, what's where are they at at the moment? What are, the guards have been over there. Is it a few times? Or no, they've been over. They've been so here last been week then of, from Dubai. Yeah, it's all political, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's got is to it that optics stage. or is it, it? It's very much like Drew Harris went out and he, he sort of posed in a video that the Dubai police made, a very high-end production yeah, video. Of course. And he did that, and you're going, this is mad. But, you know, they operated a very different way out there. Now, what's happening, actually, on a practical level is there's a file with the Director of Public Prosecutions in relation to criminal charges for Christy Kinahan Sr., Daniel Kinahan, and his son, his brother, sorry, Christopher Kinahan Jr. That decision we expect back early next year. Wow. And if... They are then wanted for the the investigation file relates to directing uh, criminal oh, organisation no, murder. Yeah. If there's an actual charges, if we're going to the Emirates and saying we are waiting for them in court, mm-hmm. we're in a different position. And I don't know whether the Emirates will continue to protect them at that yeah, stage. Yes, because we don't have an right. extradition no, agreement. No, no we don't have extradition, but we also don't have charges for them. Yes, yeah, yeah well, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So, so that ups the game. Even then, the US once. are looking. If you if you actually look at what they're looking for, mm. the US are looking for information in relation to their business activities. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, having criminal charges against them in the country, it now, changes. We, we the already have criminal charges. We we want Sean McGovern for murder. Mm. Sean McGovern is walking around Dubai as if. Uh, you see, yeah, there is. I mean, they have extradited a lot of people from Dubai to other mm. European jurisdictions, the UK and 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 Holland in particular. And there's no uh, agreements well, within there, there, their there's, countries. There, there, there is there is no automatic treaty, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. No. But they they do do it on a case by case basis, okay. and there is so they can be extradited. But the the situation with the Kinnans is they're deeply embedded in the, in society over there yeah. in a way other gangland criminals haven't been. 
they're employing people from Dubai, they're they're playing their connections with people in the Emirati royal family yeah. in general and that that is what's really protected them yeah so we see now but there's also the position because it has been a bit strange i mean for years it's like oh get them back get them back but there's no charges so yeah. actually if they sent them back here now they'd yeah. be free to walk they around they that's could. the that's country the, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, oh my god can you so, imagine how the victims of their crime would yeah. feel but she, and they, the communities that have been they ran from spain to get out of europe themselves yeah. like yeah. so they don't want to be in europe at all because you know there is various investigations going on in Spain into mm. money laundering and yep. all the rest of it so, so really they wouldn't be happy see. but it actually on a practical level if they were on the next flight home from Dubai they would walk out of Dublin airport and yeah. be free so are they untouchable like and people say these people are untouchable and people get angry but are they untouchable no Maybe, I think those like, charges will be brought I yeah. would be confident that the DPP will bring those charges and at that, at that stage if for, for example, if we had a murder charge for Daniel Kinnan, he would be coming in and going straight into custody yeah. Yeah. and before the special criminal court. Yeah. Yeah. So they'd really so have to think long I'd, and hard about those charges. Yeah. I don't think they're untouchable and I think the, the, the stink around them being over in Dubai, you know, it's bad PR ultimately for the, the Emiratis yeah. at this stage. Yeah. That yeah. may mm. expedite them yeah. coming back. Because the US, the US so once they got involved. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. 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 But you see how the higher you go in, yeah. in crime and criminal organizations the more untouchable essentially you are because you're not physically touching any drugs you're not you know you have people to do your dirty work yeah. for you yeah. you're just taking all the money in mm. and you're also sort of you know involved in the legitimate economy as well yeah. so it's very difficult and a really kind of like I mean it's been seven more years is it eight years yeah. now yeah 2016, 2016 but February, if you yeah. look at what's happened in this country the criminal the Kinahan organised crime group has been dismantled yeah. yeah in actual fact as we're talking mm. in the last hour mm. one of the first Kinahan uh, senior Kinahan um, figures is walking out of prison having served his sentence mm. so right. in all that time and they started sweeping them up in 2016 2017 50 or 60 they took 70 or 80 of them 70 or 80 at this point in prison wow. and yeah. the very first one the most senior one is on his way out as we're talking yeah. here today right. yeah. and the question is will he go to Dubai or will he hang around because he's coming out into a very different That's world true. where the yeah. Kinahan organisation is essentially gone it's dismantled it doesn't have the power it once had and are they safe in this mm. country, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Will. And a lot of that, the 70 or 80 were all in the lower rungs. And you're saying there that they were, you know, the higher echelons were Liam Brannigan. So this is Liam Brannigan. Yes. Wow. And yeah. Dean Howe was also due out in the next okay. three yeah. or so. So 
yeah, they're, they're, it's amazing. They've already served. They got they've, lengthy sentences. Been, they've seven already years served their sentences, and here we're still waiting for the big boys yeah. to yeah. come back. I'd say it. And I suppose it goes back to like with the work that I do in communities. Like, and I speak to young people all the time who are just cannon fodder for these gangs, and a lot of them are clean young people in that they don't have any charges, so they're used to yeah. transport drugs or, or guns. Um, and they don't realise what they're getting involved no. in. And they are victims of crime, but they're also criminals themselves. Mm. Um, and I suppose that's the troubling piece for the communities that I walk in. And you must see a lot of this we, in communities when you investigate. We get calls every week from parents or, yeah. you know, saying, my son owes. Uh, and th- it, it seems they're getting younger and younger. Mm. They're 14, 15 year yeah. olds now. And you get these calls. My son has been told he owes 10 grand. Yeah. Right, you know, some drugs are seized or something. Like these are people, as you say, in ordinary families. Mm. How are they going to come up with ten grand? Mm. So they, they're, they, and, and if they do, yeah. they come back looking for they more. Do, but they that do, is, yeah. Nicola, yeah. yeah, yeah, and but that is what they do. I mean, yeah. those people mortgaging they houses, they come up with selling, yeah. selling cars, borrowing, yeah. and they're yeah. handing over ten grand because and, it's for their child's life. Yeah. They believe, yeah. and it is, yeah. it yeah. is about life yeah. because they, 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 they don't do want their fit. child beaten up. They yeah. don't want their yeah. child yeah. swung from a balcony and or and whatever. Hammer attacks. I mean, and yeah. do they get the guards? Are the guards getting involved, or is there no point? Do they see? Well, you see, they have the guards. They go to the guards, and the guards say you have to make a statement in order for us to prosecute it. And the kids won't do it. Too difficult. They need to handle that differently. So, well, look, I mean, it is, it's a complicated one, but it that's is, yeah. what it comes down to. They'll go to the guards, the guards will do what they can. They yeah. might get a car driving around. Yeah. They keep an eye out. Hour. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the, unless the, somebody the makes a statement. The whole drugs-related intimidation is so insidious in yeah. some of the communities that we would visit and we would walk in. And it's like, there's a lack of trust in the guards for yeah, some of them. Of because if you look at young people that are growing up in their areas, and it's possible that there might be criminality in their family. Yeah. The first experience they had with a guard, maybe a guard raided their house. So they're looking at the guards taking mm-hmm. one of their parents out. So their their immediate response growing up is the guards have hurt me. So yeah. it's very tricky and yeah. complex. That. Yeah. But my, I suppose what breaks my heart as, as, a, as a person who works in communities is that these young people, even before they're, they're grown at 12 and 13, they're already written off by society. And I see young people all the time through kindness and compassion turning their lives around and mm. yeah. and that's the the kind of work that's resource heavy yeah. and yeah. when we look at funding and we look at uh, all the way funding is done for community work I think that's the piece that really needs to be focused on because long term that'll save Absolutely, so yeah. many yeah. young people yeah. and the exchequer and new victims it's a, it and, is and a social long, the long game but yeah, yeah, yeah it's important we were talking there on a podcast recently in relation to a couple of the Europol reports that have been released and there was a um, one of the the um, members of, you know, one of the think tanks mm. had described instead of the grooming of these children, the radicalisation. Yes. Oh, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. What it is. Yeah. 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 Described yeah. them as yeah, child, I read that report. You know, child soldiers is what they oh, yeah. described yeah. as. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you that's and I it. have spoken about yeah. this on your podcast, yeah. actually, Nicola, a long time ago now, yeah. about the grooming and, and the radicalisation of young people. Yeah. Um, and they're just they're just uh, just kind of so tragic yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's just yeah. a cycle then and that's it yeah. it is yeah and of course the younger brain wants something immediate like yeah. so yeah. they see Instant. the the cars Instant. the yeah. runners Instant all that sort of stuff it. Yeah. That's it. The runners, because their brains yeah. are not developed and their brains yeah. exactly yeah the brain yeah. and you i think you had a, a neuropsychologist on 
talking about how trauma affects the brain, yes, how your yeah. whole social conscience can be affected. So it's actually, it's actually physiological as well as psychological yeah. mm. why these young people are getting involved mm. um, through trauma. It's a trauma response. For yeah. sure. Can yeah. we just, I know that you guys have to go soon, but the Molly Martins and Tom Martins yeah. hearing, mm. I, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll be over, but... Yeah. We'll just talk about the content in the last 24 hours. Even. for the family. Yeah. Oh. You, were you over there for the trial? But I know no, you worked with Lynn, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and I have seen the, all the files. We did a documentary on it. Yeah. And um, like what they're saying and suggesting, I was actually reading it mm-hmm. this morning that this sort of elderly retired medic, is he? Yeah. yeah well, he's, yeah, he's a specialist witness specialist or whatever. Witness. And said that the woman was murdered in the car. Mm. That he, she was, he likely put his hand his over first wife. his first oh wife. Yeah, his first that first he likely wife. put his hand over her mouth or put a pillow over her yeah. as he was driving her to the hospital trying to save her life. Like it is so disgusting for yeah. that family and those children sitting there listening yeah. to that. They've been violated by their father being killed. Yeah, that they were then almost groomed by by her, by and, her. and her dad. And they tried to sort of take them essentially. And now they've had to go back and listen to this. That yeah. they're and those rescinded statements. That's yeah. really yes. disturbing it's as well. Very and disturbing. It, do you know what it brings up, though? It shows you <clears throat> a couple of things, like how tough the criminal justice system mm. is for, for victims. Yeah. Mm. Um, because they don't have a voice in, in America or in Ireland where these things are said and they have no position in that. They in don't that have or- a right to mm. reply. They don't have a right to reply. <clears throat> The media, it's a difficult job. The media have to report what's said. Mm. Yeah. Even as they hold their nose and know, oh, like, yeah. this is somebody just saying something that cannot be falsified. Nobody can say that, you know, you can say that didn't happen, but she can just say whatever she wants now. It's and really, really tough. And, and what people probably don't realise is this is a sentencing hearing. Yeah. It's not yeah. a trial and yeah. they think they've been spared the trial, but actually it's all coming out now. They're, they're out, giving yeah. it gusto yeah. to get, to get off, as less they? as they can. They're, they're going to get off, they aren't they? Well, they, you know, they, they might get three, three years, and which and they've and already then that's said. It. Yeah. Sir, so they walk. But, do you know, from the beginning in that case, it was always the... Uh, pointed out the influence of the father who was an ex-FBI officer Mm. his wealth and just Mm. their status generally in America and Mm. I think the family would have said from the very beginning when Jason Corbett went out although he was the provider Mm. um, you know he was the guy that got the big job from he was working in Limerick in a packaging firm or something and was transferred out to the States bought the big house and and gave Mm. her a a life and all the rest of it but that the family always looked down their noses on him And his family, and there was always this kind of suggestion that they were above them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to kind of look at it and think that they're not true. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mm-hmm. life isn't like that. Yeah. And you kind of look at what's going on and the money they have to pay yeah. the lawyers and the yeah. wi- expert witnesses and everything. And it's yeah. like maybe life is like yeah. that. Yeah. Criminal justice in unfair. America is all about absolutely. money. Yeah. Same absolutely, same as politics, all and about influence state. and who you know. If, and yeah. if you look at the kids, though, I mean, she was meant to have loved these kids yeah. and raised them and cared yeah. for them. Like what she has put them That's through yeah. is not just the loss of their father, which mm. she has been forced to accept that she killed them. Mm. I mean, she has been yeah. convicted of exactly. voluntary manslaughter. To then manipulate them to, yeah. to 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 do it all publicly on mm. Facebook, which mm. he had a whole campaign about yeah. contact me and all that. It just shows you. Yeah. I mean, that is not the actions of a loving 
person. No, that's a psychopath. That is the actions of somebody trying to make themselves feel good. And the motivation for her was that she'd feel towards her, like as a young person. I don't know. But the motivation was the kids for her. Is that is that it? Possession of them, I think. Yeah. See, it's not. Uh, motivation. I love the kids and I want to care yeah, for them yeah. and make them well. It's just the possession and control. Yeah. If you ask me, she yeah. was a troubled okay. individual yes. from the beginning, from when she arrived, and I don't think that suited the family and maybe the pride and the status they had. Mm. She had depression. She had, you know, yeah. been mental health, mental health problems. problems. Yeah. And I think that the family didn't want to ever accept that with her. They never certainly suggested when she was coming to Ireland as an au pair to very young children mm. into that traumatised home where that terrible tragedy had happened to mm. Jason's first wife, Mags. They never sought to reach out to explain that she'd actually just come out of a psychiatric yeah. hospital at yeah, that point. Yeah, he didn't know that. It was all covered up. He didn't mm. know that. And... Mm. You yeah. know. So was that maybe why they packed her off over here at, at that she early? She kind of she 26. Yeah. I think she packed herself off. But okay. I, I would have thought... She they might have, goodbye, <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> might have packed her back. But if, if, if it <laughs> was, luck, would, you, would you not feel... I'd like to think I would feel a responsibility to, you know, to tell a family, look, there's a little bit of mental health of problems mm. here. But the dynamics so of that family itself, when you look into yeah. it, Whole they family. might want to I bury mean, any of that if they were all yeah. of the same personality like, like type. He's, he's, yeah. a bit, he's a bit bananas as well. Like, the father you know, certainly is. Yes. Yeah. Like he is very a bit, proud like, man. He's I'd like say. Um, Tackleby of uh, Police Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. Like you kind of put it in mind of him. Yeah, but yeah. it's tough, isn't it? Having those. Yeah. I mean, Jason but Corbett's all that too. Information. Yeah. Did she yeah. The children. There were rescinded statements, and then there's what they were saying after that. And they're sitting in court. Yeah. listening to things yeah. that they Without said three yeah. or four days after their father was yeah. killed. Yeah. When they were traumatised. Exactly. No, nothing and should have happened. And that's being held yeah. against them now yeah. when they're yeah. nearly adults. I mean, and they're, and they're the, dealing with that. They, yeah. they shouldn't have any guilt, yeah. but you can imagine yeah. they're, they're exactly. going over and over. That. They have been through so much, yeah. so much. So mm. it'll be an interesting one to watch. Yeah. Um, guys, look, you have so many strings to your bow and you very kindly took time out of your day to come out and do our small podcast and we're extremely Absolutely grateful but so for much. people to get um, to know what's coming next for you so we've got the book the book is called Cocaine Cowboys so we've that book is out and we're we're basically doing a live show yeah, based on that um, you and I'll well it comes in two halves I do the first half kind of myself comic relief and he's the comic relief yes yeah yeah and he likes to come on and tell people that he's my boss but there's nobody believes that I've heard, I I've, think he I've really heard him try and say that before I've heard him we all are laugh. you really enjoying it at this stage it must be such fun like, yeah work it's is kind fun. of like it's such a challenge to bring organised crime to the stage yeah. into yeah. the entertainment yeah. arena yeah um, I'm not sure anybody else maybe is doing the organised crime end no, but you have no, a lot of this not. sort of you know drunk murders two and, and stuff, stuff like that yeah, yeah. but um, yeah so that is a challenge each time and it's to get it right yeah. so it's not to and to um, connect with the and, and in, in a way like when we do have a little bit of banter and stuff we'd always be trying to get that right that balance right mm. so it's not to sort of you know insult anybody yeah. Yeah. that yeah. is a victim of crime or yeah. anything like that yeah. so it is quite a a challenge mm-hmm. all the time, isn't it? I think it's interesting, though, for us who've worked as journalists and, you know, your your maximum amount of words in a story is a thousand words. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's more interesting to be able to tell more 
its story in a more deep way of with course. a bit more sensitivity yeah, and a bit more and, and a nuance of it all a, yeah. exactly yeah. a yeah. bit of light and dark yeah. so that you people know, will not have heard no, at all no. which is yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it's about isn't it really? and a bit how we see it which is you know there is you know quirky bits even mm. in the middle of of you know really serious stories so that yeah. I think that's that's yeah, really yeah. been a nice bit of crime work, it hasn't is it? I mean it's really enjoyable being mm. able to, to do it and actually there's a kind of a warmth then from people yeah because I think they realise that you're just not black and white there's yes. a bit of grey in you and yeah. you do yeah. understand why yeah. kids are ending up in these yeah. situations yeah. and you do have a bit of empathy and sympathy mm. and things yeah. like Rather that than my, and there is a context yeah. as there well is, and yeah. we do like you can't do that in 500 words no. you know no. and but a headline you, you can't no no, no. no. and Crime right. World is the podcast and people can get that anywhere and they can watch it on YouTube yeah yeah, yeah we can watch it in the studio um, so guys thanks again well thank, thank you. you thank and you I very much everything's going well for you yeah. well, we're, we're getting there we're getting there yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. thanks again for coming out thank today. you that's thank brilliant you. You can contact us on social media at Real Lives Untold. Our email address is reallivesuntold at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear this season's episodes every Wednesday. You can listen on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.